Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. And, uh, you know, it's exciting when we get to bring someone up on stage like that and recognize them for the time that they've been with us. Uh, it's, it's amazing on our staff that we really and truly have very little turnover. Most of our pastors have been here for years. And um, it's, it's, um, it's great uh, because, you know, obviously they get to know a lot of you guys and get, get involved in your lives, but it's just good that, um, you know, we're such a, a close-knit family as a pastoral staff, and uh, we fuss and fight a little bit, we, we laugh and cry together, uh, but ultimately we all come together to advance the kingdom, and, and uh, it's, just a, it's, it's just an honor for me as the pastor to work with, with such a great staff. And uh, 10 years, Pastor Duell, it's just unbelievable that he's been here hear that long, but eh, it's, it's great that he has been. Hey, uh, if you're online this morning, I just want to say hello, and I want to thank you for joining us online, and I want everybody to know, and uh, you guys that are here probably already know this, that the folks that are online, if you didn't get the word, you know, today we opened up our children's ministry back up, Awana opens back up Wednesday night, uh, tonight uh, our student ministry will be meeting, so, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, in a sense, getting back to normal a little bit, uh, it's, you know, so... Um, Come and be with us if you can. If you can't, we understand that right now. And uh, just worship with us there in your home and make sure you invite somebody to a watch party or call somebody up and go, hey, watch with me online as we're watching our church service today. I hope that you'll do that. We've been talking about over the last few weeks, as it says here on the screen, disciple, be one, make one. So we're talking about discipleship, about how to be a follower of Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus and they strive to follow him and they're learning and growing in their relationship with Christ. And so we want to know how to do that and what, what that looks like. What are the characteristics of a disciple? You know, what should a disciple be doing? What shouldn't they be doing? All those kind of things. So we're covering some of that in the series. We're not going to cover every little nuance of discipleship. Hopefully you'll do some study on your own, but we're covering some of the big things. Now today I want to talk to you about something that is a little different. Uh, when you think about discipleship, you may not even think about this. But as I was preparing the series, I thought about this. And I thought, you know, this is really something that as disciples, when we're followers of Christ, we really need to think about because it affects the way people perceive us and it affects the way that internally we are, I mean, ourselves. I'm going to talk to you today about your speech. I'm going to talk to you today about our speech, the way we talk to people. I want to talk to you about the words we use. I want to talk to you about the attitudes, about all that stuff, about what this looks like, uh, the way Christ wants it to look for all of us as disciples. We're going to talk about speech. Now, as we get started, I want to tell you a little story. Um, I, when uh, I first met Nancy, uh, I was in the Navy. And I was a 20-year-old guy, 19-year-old guy, something like that. And um, I was stationed in the Navy. I was a single guy. I didn't have any debt of any kind, and I had a steady paycheck, and I was a single guy, and I was a sailor, okay? And I was probably a poster child for what you think a sailor would be, okay? Uh, my uh, language uh, at that time, my speech, well, I, you know, perhaps this was coined before I came along, but have you ever heard cuss like a sailor? Okay, all right, I'm just being transparent. Okay, my language was not what it needed to be. I, and, uh, and I just didn't even think about it. And I really, I wasn't in church the way I should be. Uh, I had been brought up in church. I just, I just wasn't there. I was this sort of, uh, you know, out there sowing my oats or whatever. I don't know. I was just not being a good Christian. And so 
I came home one weekend on leave, and I, had, uh, I was stationed in Jacksonville, Florida, so I could drive home, and so I drove home on leave, and uh, I had been in a band before I went into the Navy, and I played drums, and so I had been in a band, and so I came home, and I visited the band, and that night that I visited the band, there was a, a, a young lady there that was singing with the band named Nancy, and, uh, and so I met her, and, um, and so I was really like, I kind of like this girl. I think she's pretty nice looking. I think she, that's pretty much most of it at that moment, you know, she's pretty nice looking. And, uh, but then, so then we, we, we came, I came back home and, and it's just, I don't want to go through the whole story, but, but I, I, I met her again. I went to her home and all that stuff. And so, and then I expressed an interest in her, you know, I'm like, okay, look, I'm in the Navy. I'm away, but I'd sure like to stay in contact with you and stuff like that. And, and Nancy was very nice and sweet. And she said, and she was a very dedicated, she was a committed Christian. And she said, Ed, you're a nice guy. And she goes, and there are a lot of things about you that I like. She goes, but I just don't think this is going to work. And you know, those are words that just bless your heart when you're a young man. I mean, that, that just blesses your heart when you're a young man. I just don't think this is going to work. I, and I, I'm like, why? She goes, Ed, I'm a Christian. And she goes, and, and, she goes, and just based on your language, you're probably not someone that's going to be real compatible with me. And I did what all strong, young, military men do at that moment in time. I'll change! I will change! And so I begged. And, uh, and so she said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I will give you a shot here. You're not here anyway. You're in Jacksonville. And so we'll talk during the week. And, and talk we did. I called her as many times as I could during the week. And, uh, and back in those days, just for you young folks, there were no such thing as cell phones. So I would have like just mountains of quarters at a pay phone to try to talk. Now, and I, that lady would go, please insert, you know, and you'd put more money in the phone and then it would be over. Then at the time you would have like two quarters left and you're like, no, I don't know. And so, but I would call her and every week she would say, how was your language this week? And I'd go, I'm doing better, I'm doing better. I only said two words this week, two words. And so it went through that. And then when I would come home, she would let me visit a little bit and stuff. And it progressed. And, and I'm telling you the story because I, I want you to see that, you know, obviously now in retrospect, it's been 43 years, 40, almost 43 years. God had something in mind, but I almost lost what would be the love of my life because of my language, because of my speech. And, and so, and, and, and you know, now we've been together for a long time, so you know, something obviously changed. Matter of fact, be quite frank with you, a lot of things have changed. And, um, but, uh, but, but, but language makes a difference. It, it makes a big, a big difference in our lives. And, uh, and I wanna let you know that it's hard sometimes, and sometimes you don't even recognize how you're speaking. And I don't know, maybe you can feel my pain. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. And uh, maybe you have the same kind of a problem. You know, or, or you know, you maybe use words that you shouldn't use and that you know that don't bring glory to God. And, um, or maybe you don't have a problem with profanity, but there could be something else that could be an issue. You know, you know gossip is a bad thing too, the way we speak. When we're not part of the problem or part of the solution, we're just part of the conversation. And, and, and we're just spreading stuff around. Gossip can be 
bad. And also there's things like mastering the art of the dig. You know, there's just this, you can say kind words, but you know just how to say those words in a way that just dig somebody in a way that, that and, you, and it, can be, it can be hurtful. And you see that. So we, we see a lot of different ways that our speech can um, affect other people. And I think that you, you see that. Sometimes you can be just a negative person. Sometimes you can just talk, you can just, when, whenever you're in a room, you just bring everybody in the room down. Now I'm not a saying that's you. I'm just saying these are things we see in different people. And, uh, yeah, or, and you, can be, or you can be a person that's just developed and, and um, sort of a crude spirit. You know, just, just crude and coarse kind of talk. And, or maybe you're none of those things. Maybe nothing that, that I've said represents you. But I can promise you this you know somebody that one of those things describes. All of us know people that are like that. The point is that our speech really does matter. It, it matters a big time, and especially for believers, it matters. When we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, the way we communicate, the attitude behind the communication, all of those things really matter. Communication is important to God. And sometimes we don't think some simple little thing like communication matters in our discipleship journey, but it matters big time because it's important to God. I want you to listen to this. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Before the creation of the world, before water or land existed, before fire or wind, before any of you existed or any human being existed, there was the Word. Now, we know that Jesus is the Word. We know that when the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was, that means that was Jesus Christ. But have you ever thought about it this way? Yes, Jesus is a person. Yes, he's fully God, fully man. But have you ever thought about Jesus being the ultimate communication from God to us? Jesus is the ultimate communication from the Father to us. God communicated through Jesus, the word, how much he loves us. He, he communicated through Jesus how we're supposed to think and live and act day by day. And you and I have a responsibility to communicate what we've been given through Christ to other people. So, and we primarily do that through our speech, through the way we talk, through the things that we say. It's a huge part of our witness. It's a huge part of being a disciple because it shows other people what kind of a disciple we are. And so our speech really matters. Paul wrote a letter to a group of believers in a young church in the city of Colossa, um, and, and uh, he'd been talking about theology, he's been talking about some practical living. He gets close to the end of the letter, and uh, in chapter four, he brings up this issue of speech. And I want to look at this passage today. Uh, it's uh, Colossians 4, if you want to turn there, and uh, the words will also be on the screen. But he brings up this issue of speech, and he tells us some things that as followers of Christ, as believers, there are some things, some characteristics that should be associated with our speech. Okay, so the first thing that we see is that our speech should be gracious. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Uh, you know, so, and, and that 
you may know how you ought to answer each person. He begins by saying that our speech should always be filled with kindness and with courtesy and with graciousness, and it should be complimentary and truthful and gentle. And and quite frankly, the way we speak says a lot about us. And we should always be kind and gentle in the way that we speak. He said, and because here's, here's why. As a disciple, the Bible tells us that out of the overflow, listen to this verse right here. I'll read the whole verse. It says, Matthew 12, 34, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? And then listen to this, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, Paul says that what comes out of your mouth is what's really in your heart. So one of the evidences, if you will, one of the proofs of being a genuine, legitimate disciple of Jesus Christ is what comes out of your mouth, how it comes out of your mouth, what the intent is when it comes out of your mouth, because all of those things are coming from your heart. It's easy to have a conversation with someone and pretend to be a good disciple. It's easy to talk to someone if you have time to think about what you're saying. So usually when we're just having a prepared conversation or one where we're not under pressure or those kind of things, it's easy just to talk and to make our, you know, make our speech sound like, hey, we're a good disciple. But, but it's in those moments when you're filled with emotion it's in those moments when, you're, when all of a sudden you're scared. It's in that moment when all of a sudden you're really, really angry about something. It's in that moment when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off in your car. It's in those kind of moments when we find out what's really in our hearts, isn't it? Let's just be honest. Because if a bunch of expletives come out of your heart, if, if, I mean, you know, out of your mouth, if you scream all kind of profanities when somebody cuts you off, that's not just this thing you did, that's what's in your heart. I know y'all hate this right now, I just know you hate it. But it's the truth. It's in that moment when your wife or your husband does that thing, that one thing that they know is going to drive you nuts, and they've stepped on your last nerve. What comes out of your mouth is what's really in your heart. It's a, it's a sign, it's, it's, it's this indicator of what's really inside of us. So our speech should be, it should be compassionate. It should be kind. It should be gracious as the scripture says. Because if we're not careful, it will destroy our witness. Another thing that Paul tells us is that it should be seasoned with salt. He says in verse six, he says, let your speech always be gracious. But then he says, seasoned with salt. So not only gracious, but it should have an effect on other people. Salt can have a couple of different kinds of effect on things. When he's using a metaphor here of salt, that it should be seasoned with salt. Salt does a couple of different things. Let, let me just give you an, an idea. Have you ever had like a paper cut or something on your finger and you get salt in it? Yeah, you think your arm's going to fall off. I mean, it's like you're running around this little bitty thing and you're like, ah, you know, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. And and so salt can be like that. When you rub salt into a wound, so when when your speech is seasoned with salt, 
you, you know, he says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. He doesn't want you to do that because you see, salt also is a preservative. It, it, it's something that, that adds flavor. And so what, what, what he's talking about is to, to speak in a way that we add something good to the conversation, to let our speech be seasoned with salt. Let there be substance to it. Let that add something to it. Let, let, let it bring something good out of the conversation. That's what he's talking about. And you can, and you know, you can, and you can add as much salt as you want to add. You know, you know something that drives me crazy? This is just a side note. I never have understood people who eat food. Have you ever been to someone with a restaurant? Maybe you're one of those people. I'm not picking on you, just saying you need help, okay? Um, <laughs> Have you ever been to a restaurant with someone and they bring their food and they sit it down and, and they start salting their food before they taste the food? That's like a bizarre thing to me. You know, I always don't ever say anything to them. I'm just like, I get a twitch, you know, like, why would you do that until you've tasted the food? What if it already has a bunch of salt in it? like walking around like a heart attack waiting to happen. I mean, it's like, it's, it's just, but, but, but salt, you know, be careful how you, how you place the salt. Be, be careful when you do it. But, but we're supposed to season our conversation with salt. Helpful, helpful. Use, use our conversation to, to season, uh, use our speech to, to season whatever's taking place in a way that makes it better. It should be purifying. It should influence other conversations that are headed in the wrong direction. When a conversation is going in the wrong direction, we should speak into the conversation and move the conversation into the right direction. If we are a disciple of Christ, speak with a positive influence on those around us. I think that we need, that, that, that speaks to being positive too. Uh, you know, there's so much negative stuff. We can point it in the right direction. Have you ever been around somebody that's that, that always negative and, and, and like it doesn't matter like what the situation is, they just rain on the parade and all that? Do you like to be around people like that? No. But if you'll season, if you'll be compassionate in your speech, and if you'll season the conversation with salt in the right way, if you'll do those things, people are attracted to that. People want to be around someone who speaks like that, someone who, who has that type of uh, an attitude as they're talking. And, and let me tell you what happens. You know what? If, you, if you're that kind of person and people in, like to be around you, that gives you the opportunity to speak and that gives you the opportunity as a disciple to share Jesus Christ with other people. It gives you an opportunity to speak truth into a situation. Our speech has to be gracious. If you're a person that's kind, people are gonna enjoy talking to you, they're gonna wanna be around you, and they'll include you in their conversation. And, and you know, this goes for any conversation. If someone is standing in front of you and they oppose you at every level, if they believe completely they have a different worldview than you have and they don't see things the way that you see them and they oppose everything that you stand for and you're in a conversation with them, as a disciple of Christ, you should be compassionate and you should 
season that conversation with salt. You should speak the truth. Don't ever back away from the truth, but you speak the truth in love. As it tells us in Ephesians, you speak the truth in love. That's the way we should do. We shouldn't, you, let, let, me just, let me just tell you this. You can't scream at someone loud enough to get them to come over to your side and the way to view things. The only way you're ever going to change or help change or, you know, evoke some kind of change is through being kind and talking. You can be firm in your stance and your beliefs, but you've got to be kind, Right? You can attract more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. That's what my mom used to say. And, and so we need to be careful the way that we speak. And while I'm talking about speech, I know this isn't verbal speech, but let me just mention social media again. I mentioned it last week. When you're on social media, don't post rude, crude things on social media. Don't even argue with people on social media. Do you not realize by now that no argument has ever been won on social media? Do you not know that? If, you, if somebody, if something, I, let me tell, I'm a pastor. I'm a conservative guy. You know, I look at stuff and I see stuff posted on social media and I see it and I look at it and for an instant, I want to lob a grenade in their direction. But you know what I do? I just pass over it. Because I'm not going to engage in some nasty, vile, argumentative thing that gets a bunch of people that are supposedly Christians online fussing and fighting with each other that just lets the outside world see that we're no different than they are. I'm just not going to do that. Now, let me just tell you, don't think you're safe, okay? Because if you come to this church and I know you and I see you doing something like that, you will get a private message from me <laughs> or one of our other pastors, okay? We just do it in private. We just send it behind the scenes and go, hey, you shouldn't have said that. That's not right. That's not representing Christ. So if you see that you have an instant message or a private message from Pastor Ed and you've been yapping on Facebook, Go get a glass of water before you read it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. You may need something a little stronger. I don't know. I don't say. But anyway, uh, okay, just, just uh, but anyway. Um, but, but our speech should be gracious. And then it should also answer them. Paul, that's a weird thing. Paul says to answer them when you say that alone. But let's read the passage. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to, here it is, answer each person. You see, the point is this, in these last couple of, of um, things that we've talked about in this verse, Paul's talking about our witness, okay? He says, be gracious, be seasoned with salt, and then he says to answer each person. You see, if you're a believer, let people see that you're a believer in the way you talk. Let them see it in your speech. God will use that kindness, that graciousness. He will use that to draw people to himself so that you can share the gospel with that person. And if someone's debating you about a truth of Christianity, be gracious and helpful in the conversation. Don't just yell and scream and try to make your point. Because when you do that, you turn people off. 
and they don't want to hear what you've got to say. But if you'll have a conversation and speak the truth in love and ask some questions, you can even leave a conversation that, that, is, is a, that may be a rough conversation and come back and talk about that thing a little bit later and maybe point someone to Christ. The way you speak to someone very often will determine the interest that they've got in listening to you. The way that you speak to them. Your speech is a huge part of your witness. And you know that we all know that, uh, that Matthew 12, 34 says, for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. It's really an indicator of the person you are inside, the way that you talk. So let me ask you a question. What does your speech say about you? What does your speech say about you? As a disciple of Jesus Christ, someone who is, has, has accepted Christ, has placed your faith and trust in Jesus, and has trusted your eternity to him, and your goal in life should be to bring him glory, even in your speech. Are you bringing him glory in your speech? I want to challenge you to an experiment this week. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about this. I, I, really, I don't want you to leave today and just forget this. I want you to think about your speech. And this coming week, as you speak to people, I want you to listen to what you're saying. I, I want you to think about what you're saying. Think about how you should respond. Ask yourself a question. Even if someone says something caustic, if they're a smart aleck, if they say something that's kind of, you know, in your face or whatever, you just take a deep breath and say, how can I glorify God in this moment? And think about how you speak to them. Okay, that's one thing I want you to do. Here's the second thing. Go to Walmart this week. I'm not asking you to buy anything. Just sit on a bench at Walmart and watch other people speak. See if you learn anything. See if you can see issues and problems. Watch, I mean, there, there's no, not a better sampling of people. You just go to Walmart, it's a sample of our community, right? You go to, and, and you can go sit there and you watch. And, 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 and then think about how you may have responded to someone in a similar way. But, but do a couple things like that this week that'll help you to realize how you speak. Ask yourself a question when you're seeing people and then you go, oh my goodness, ask yourself this question honestly. Am I like them? Listen, I know that it may seem weird, maybe not weird, but it may seem a little different, and maybe you've never heard anybody talk about speech when they're talking about discipleship. But guys, I'm just going to tell you, this is really an important thing. Because out of the abundance of our heart, the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. So the real you, that, 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 that deep part that nobody knows but you and God, out of the overflow of that, your mouth speaks. It can tell us pretty quickly what kind of a disciple you are. It can tell the world pretty quickly what kind of a disciple that you are. And I can tell you this. If you do have an issue, if it's profanity, if it's the art of the dig, if it's just being coarse and rude, if it's gossip, if that's something that you struggle with, I can tell you that you can change your speech. And if you don't believe me, ask Nancy. 
You know, being a disciple is all about growing in our relationship with Jesus, and it's all about bringing glory to God. Our speech is a big part of all that. Because in a moment's time, we can ruin our witness. In a moment's time, we can push someone away from God. Or in a moment's time, we can invite someone into a relationship with God. A disciple's speech matters. Now listen, in order to be a disciple, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. That's a disciple is someone that has a relationship with Jesus and is growing in the relationship. So you've got to have that relationship. Now maybe you're here today and maybe you feel God tugging at your heart and maybe today you know that you need that relationship. The Bible tells us if we will confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved, that we will be saved, it says. So if you're here today and you never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, I would encourage you today to make that decision. And, 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 and if that's your desire, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to ask you to pray with me to, to invite him into your life. But, but I want you to understand that, that, that it's not about me praying, okay? It's about this has to come from you. It's got to come from your heart, again, from that deep place inside of you that no one knows about but you and God. You've got to be sincere and genuine and cry out to God and ask him to save you you can pray and I'll help you do that just close your eyes and just pray just say Jesus I am a sinner God I am a sinner I've I've lived my life up until this point and, 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 and you've not really been a part of it but today I want that to change so today I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins I'm repenting I I want you to cleanse me of my sins and take them away from me. And I want you to place your Holy Spirit in me and guide me and move me forward in my life. So in the best way that I know how, I'm committing my life to you right at this moment. And I commit to grow. I I commit to reading my Bible and to praying and to to coming to church and to, to talking to our pastors and people to help me grow in my relationship. I'm committing my life to you today. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer and you were genuine and sincere, we have the promise of Scripture that you're saved. And we would love to talk to you about that. And when we stand up in a moment to sing, you can make your way to the back and just slide out before everybody starts leaving. And and there are people with lanyards on that say prayer team, and they will be happy to pray with you, answer questions, and talk to you about your decision. Maybe you're here today and you are a Christian. And but the fact, the truth of the matter is that you know. That, that, that some of the things I've talked about today that you struggle with. And, and, and maybe, when, maybe it's in a moment when you're upset or angry and, and then if you really stop and think about it, you say, boy, I wish, it, you know, when, when I get really angry, this just comes out. Well, remember out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ and, and dig a little deeper and, 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 and just grow in your discipleship and ask God to help you with that so that those kind of things don't happen. Maybe that's you today. If you need someone to pray with, you can go back and pray as well. 
Maybe you're here today and you just need to put a prayer request up on the cross. You know, we have the crosses in the, in, in the room here where you can put uh, pieces of paper up there with prayer requests on them. And we take those down and we pray for them in our staff meetings. And, and if you're online with us today, uh, you can just go onto our website or go to the church app or something and, and you can send your prayer request in as well. And we would encourage you to do that. I don't know what you need to do exactly. I know that we need to be good disciples. And um, I know we need a relationship with Jesus. So I want to encourage you today that if you don't have that relationship, to put your faith and your, your trust in Christ. And listen, if, if you've heard what I said today and you're discouraged because of what you heard, if you're discouraged, if you're going, man, I, I've just struggled with this forever and I don't know. Listen, don't, don't get all discouraged. You just cry out to God for help. He wants your speech to be compassionate and kind and truthful. He wants you to be able to communicate effectively. He wants you to be a kind of person that people are attracted to so that you can share his love with them. He wants that for you. And if you will pray and ask for help, he will give you the help. Do whatever God's leading you to do. And if you'll do that, you can't ever go wrong. Stand with us now as we continue to worship.